You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Tracy Larkins, Chris Mitchell. Tracy Larkins, Chris Mitchell. These guys know sports. West guys, these guys know sports. West guys, these guys know sports. These guys know sports. Live here on this Tuesday, January the 25th on the Wise Guys Sports Show on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody remember, go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys No Sports. The NFL division round of the playoffs has passed. I got an action jam-packed show. I'm going to talk about the LA Rams punching their ticket to their second NFC championship game in the last four years after their 30-27 to 27 win over Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Sunday afternoon in Tampa off of Matt Gay, game-winning field goal. Also, I'm going to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals going to the AFC Championship game. I cannot believe I'm saying those words. Yes, the Bengals beat the Titans Saturday afternoon in Tennessee, 19-16. It's the Bengals' first road playoff win in franchise history. They were previously 0-7. And also, I got to talk about that thriller in the AFC. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs outlasted the Bills at Arrowhead, 42-36. to In overtime, it was a great matchup, one of the best games in the playoffs I have ever seen. One of the best games I've ever seen watching the playoffs throughout the years. But first, before I get into my first topic, I got to give a little backstory, a timeline of events that took place from the beginning of the playoffs until now. So I'm 31 years old. So for years in Cincinnati, I've seen the Bengals and their playoff films and being a Packers fan, although we haven't won in Super Bowl since 2010, my Packers have been to the postseason and won multiple playoff games, been to five NFC championship games in the Aaron Rodgers era, you know, in the Brett Favre era, they went to two Super Bowls, you know, one year they beat the Patriots, the one year they lost to John Elway and the Denver Broncos. And then we talk about the, Cincinnati Bengals and their playoff failures here in the Marvin Lewis era. I remember when they had Carson Palmer and, you know, Chad Ochocinco and TJ Hushman Zada and Rudy Johnson in the backfield. And I remember the year when Carson Palmer got injured in the playoff game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, the year the Pittsburgh Steelers went on to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl. It was Big Ben's first Super Bowl ring. And that year, Bengal fans thought they had an opportunity to possibly get to a Super Bowl. You had Chad Ochocinco, you had TJ Mazzotta, Chris Henry, God rest his soul. And they had so many weapons on that Bengals team. And, you know, they came up short in that game. They had to bring in John Kitna and the Steelers defense got after the Bengals offense that day because they didn't have Carson Palmer. And I remember, you know, the Bengals, you know, losing twice in the playoffs to the Houston Texans. It was against Matt Schaub. One year, struggled against that Houston Texans team for whatever reason. It wasn't the Sean Watson Houston Texans. It was the Matt Schaub Houston Texans. The Bengals struggled with those teams. And then you remember back in 2015, I know all Bengals fans remember this one. Bengals, you know, in position to win that game against the Pittsburgh Steelers again here 
at Paul Brown Stadium. Vontez Burfick catches an interception, runs to the locker room, following possession, Jeremy Hill fumbles, steals, get the ball back. And then Roethlisberger throws the ball to A.B. Vontez Burfick, you know, has an unnecessary roughness call on him for a bad hit. And Stills getting the field goal range. They kicked the game winning field goal in a game where the Bengals should have won. And that game came without the services of Andy Dalton. It was A.J. McCarron that evening here at Paul Brown Stadium. So the Bengals have had so many playoff failures. But this year, I knew the Bengals had talent because they got Joe Burrow, one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. They got an elite running back in Joe Mixon in the backfield. You got great receivers in T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase and T. Higgins both had over 1,000 yards receiving this year, and Joe Mixon had over 1,000 yards rushing this year. They got a nice tight end in C.J. Uzama. So we know how elite this Bengals offense has been throughout the you know season and how they have made plays when caught upon. We talk about best offenses in the NFL, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, with Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and the Packers, you know, Dallas Cowboys, all the weapons they got offensively. Bengals deserve to be at the top of that list. So I knew the Bengals had, you know, talent offensively. And even after the Bengals won the AFC North, after they beat Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, I still have my doubts about the Bengals. That's why I picked the Raiders to beat the Bengals on Wild Card Weekend here in Cincinnati. So, of course, Bengals fans have been giving me flack because, you know, they're saying I'm a hater. So let's go through the timeline of events and how this all played out. Because this is how crazy the NFL is and how you will be humbled. And I was humbled Saturday night after the Packers lost to the 49ers. So this is Saturday, January 15th. Bengals going up against the Raiders. Derek Carr is on a potential game-tying touchdown drive for the Las Vegas Raiders. It was 26 to 19. The Raiders got all the way down into the red zone with a chance to tie the game and send it to overtime. I know the hearts were pumping at Paul Brown Stadium. They were pumping all throughout the city here in Cincinnati. And then Jermaine Pratt caught the game-winning interception for the Cincinnati Bengals. And, you know, we saw all year long, the Raiders were, they were a team that battled all season long, even when the odds were stacked against the Raiders. We saw earlier this year, you know, John Gruden had to step down for, for some off the field allegations. We saw they had the issue going on with Henry Ruggs. So I thought the Raiders were going to tie the game up, send it to overtime and have all the pressure on Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Carr couldn't get it done. So I knew coming into the playoffs that it was a good chance on the division around the playoffs that the Packers were going to have to beat the Niners because I didn't see the Eagles beating the Bucks, And I knew the 49ers were going to beat the Cowboys. The Niners beat the Cowboys in Dallas. So I said, okay, 49ers coming to Lambeau for the division around of the playoffs against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Let's go. Let's get it on. But I was hoping that the NFL would schedule my Packers to play on Sunday, January 23rd, not Saturday, January 22nd. So then the schedule came out. It was Bengals Titans at 4.30 on NBC. And then it was Niners Packers at 8.15 on Fox. So I'm like, oh, man, wait a minute. So if the Bengals beat the Titans, I got to sweat out my Packers Saturday night because I can't live with this idea and in this world where the Bengals went farther in the playoffs than my beloved Packers. 
Bingo fans would not let me hear the end of that possibility if it happens. So then, after the schedule was announced, I'm like, okay, we still got to see if the Bengals can beat the Titans. Can they contain Derrick Henry? What's going to happen? Lo and behold, Bengals beat the Titans 19-16 on a game-winning field goal by Evan McPherson. And Ryan Tannehill throws three interceptions. He decides not to show up in the biggest game of the season for the Tennessee Titans. Bengals beat the Titans 19-16. to So I'm sitting there thinking like, oh, my God, wait a minute. So my Packers, before the game, we are already 0-3 in the Aaron Rodgers era against the 49ers in the playoffs. 49ers playing with house money. Packers are the number one seed in the NFC. We got to win this game. And I'm going to get into the 49ers-Packers game here shortly. We up 10-3 in the fourth quarter. Under five minutes. Block punt. Niners return it back for a touchdown. And so it's 10-10. I'm nervous as hell. I'm, I'm nervous as hell. Like, oh, my God, it's a chance we might lose this game. And I got to hear from Bengal fans all offseason long at how the Packers choked and how the Bengals went farther in the playoffs than the Packers. I've been trash-talking the Bengal fans for 20 years. Since I've been knowing what football was, I've been a Packers fan. And I've had the ability to be able to trash-talk Bengal fans because my Packers have won in the postseason. Only once, one Super Bowl, you know, since 2010. They got a Super Bowl again back in 96 with Brett Favre. But I'm like, oh, my God. It's happening. It's happening. And then when Aaron Rodgers could not complete a first down on the Packers' last possession, I thought to myself, there is a chance it's about to happen. So I'm about to get into the 49ers-Packers game now. But I just had to get that backstory because I know the Bengal fans, y'all would, wouldn't have been calling me the way y'all are calling me Saturday night if the Bengals hadn't beat the Titans. Because the Bengals beat the Titans, it gave Bengal fans leverage to call me and trash talk me about my Packers. So I got to take it on the chin. I got to be humble and show some humility tonight on my sports show and give credit to the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals are a better football team this year than the Green Bay Packers. And, you know, I think that the Packers are a team that could have won a Super Bowl, but it didn't happen. They didn't get it done in the division around the playoffs, but I had to give that backstory and the timeline to have all, how all this played out because I didn't expect it to play out this way. I really, really didn't. And again, I, I was praying the NFL schedule with the Niners-Packers game for Sunday, January 23rd, instead of Saturday, January 22nd. I was praying the Bengals played on Saturday and the Packers played on Sunday. That way, if the Bengals lost, I would have been able to trash talk the Bengals fans all night, mess with them, but everything just went in shambles. It was a complete opposite, and it was just crazy. But let's get into that, you know, that 49ers win over the Packers on Saturday night at Lambeau Field. The 49ers beat the Packers 13-10 for the Green Bay Packers. There was their fewest points allowed in a loss in a game. Rodgers started and finished. Rodgers falls to 0-4 all-time against the 49ers in the postseason. For the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo, he went 11 of 19 for 131 passing yards, one interception. Aaron Rodgers, he went 20 of 29, 225 passing yards. Aaron Jones, he had nine receptions, 129 receiving yards for the Packers. So when I think about this game, I'm not going to talk about the Packers and their issues on special teams. I mean, we, we, we all know already that the Green Bay Packers struggled 
on special teams Saturday night. I mean, you had the 47 yard kickoff return for the 49ers that led to their first field goal on the opening possession of the second half. You had the blocked field goal that took three points off the board, you know, before halftime when the Packers were in a position to go up 10 nothing. And then you had the block punt return for a touchdown in the fourth quarter in, in, in the last five minutes, you know. And I, I know Packer fans are upset with the Green Bay Packers special teams coach, you know, Maurice Drayton. And I'll get to him here in a bit and Matt LaFleur. But ladies and gentlemen, make no mistake about it. This loss was the worst playoff loss in Aaron Rodgers' career. And I have defended Aaron Rodgers for many, many years, you know, since he's been the starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. I remember back in the 2012 division around the playoffs, the Packers, they were out in San Francisco. The defense led by Clay Matthews and Charles Woodson, they gave up over 300 rushing yards in that game to the 49ers. Colin Kaepernick had 181 rushing yards that night in San Francisco, but Aaron Rodgers scored 31 points. So I said, hey, they need to improve defensively. And then the following year, 2013 wild card game at Lambeau Field, the 49ers, they beat the Packers 23 to 20. It was the year when Aaron Rodgers returned back from a collarbone injury. Colin Kaepernick had 98 rushing yards that night for, I believe, like seven carries. So the Packers defense, they didn't have no answers for Colin Kaepernick that night. And so I said, man, the Packers got to get better defensively. Like, they're giving up too many rushing yards, you know, to the 49ers when they get to the playoffs. 2015, in the division round of the playoffs, again, against the Arizona Cardinals, that year it was, you know, Carson Palmer against the Packers defense. He put up 26 points, you know, had a Larry, big play from Larry Fitzgerald in overtime. Aaron Rodgers didn't touch the ball in overtime. You remember the last possession for the Packers of regulation, Aaron Rodgers had two Hail Mary throws, big time throws to Jeff Janis. I defended Aaron Rodgers because I thought the defense didn't show up in that game. And then you remember in the 2016 NFC Championship game, Aaron Rodgers said the Packers were going to run the table. The Packers had won eight straight, got all the way to the NFC Championship game against MVP favorite Matt Ryan. And at halftime, Aaron Rodgers was down 24 to nothing. And so I said, I mean, defense, are you going to show up in the playoffs at any point? And then, obviously, in the 2019 NFC Championship game against the 49ers, again, the 49ers led the Packers 27 to zero at halftime, and they had 285 rushing yards that afternoon in San Francisco. So I didn't blame Aaron Rodgers for any of those losses that I just named during the Aaron Rodgers era in the postseason with the Packers. I thought the Packers organization, they didn't do a good job at being active in free agency. I remember the Packers letting go players like Micah Hyde, like Casey Hayward, you know, Jared Cook, who Aaron Rodgers wanted to keep. I defended Aaron Rodgers many, many years because I thought the Packers organization didn't do their job at putting the team around him that was a Super Bowl caliber team. I thought they leaned on the greatness of Aaron Rodgers to get to the playoffs and lead them back to the promised land and didn't put the necessary weapons around Aaron Rodgers to be successful. That's what I thought until I watched the game. Saturday night 
at Lambeau Field. And I thought it was Aaron Rodgers' worst performance in the playoffs of his career. Aaron Rodgers completed 20 passes in this game. Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, they both caught 18 of those 20 passes completed by Aaron Rodgers in this game. Also, the Packers, they scored in their opening possession of this game. The next drive, Mercedes Lewis, he fumbles on the next five drives. If you take out the 75-yard busted coverage by the 49ers when Aaron Jones caught that 75-yard reception from Aaron Rodgers before the half, if you take that out, the next five drives for the Packers after the Lewis fumble, they ran 20 plays, gained 22 yards. The Packers' defense, they only gave up six points. Six points all evening long. And the Green Bay Packers offense couldn't score more than 10 points in this game? Are you kidding me, Aaron Rodgers? The NFL MVP, back-to-back NFL MVP, you are the number one seed in the NFC for the second consecutive season. The last three years, the Packers, they are 39-10 and in the regular season. And they have done this because of Aaron Rodgers. You Aaron Rodgers in a home playoff game, you can't score more than 10 points. Joe Barry, defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers, he did his job. The Packers defense, they did their job. Aaron Rodgers against Jimmy G couldn't score more than 10 points. And I thought in this game, Aaron Rodgers got Devontae Adams happy. There were multiple plays in this game where Aaron Rodgers, had he gone through his progressions, he would have saw open receivers down the field. This is the same Aaron Rodgers who in the offseason caused all this drama and made all these demands from the Packers organization. And the Packers organization, to their credit, they gave certain concessions to Aaron Rodgers. They traded for Randall Cobb. They didn't want Randall Cobb. Brian Gutekus, the general manager for the Green Bay Packers, they didn't want Randall Cobb. The only reason why they traded for Randall Cobb was because Aaron Rodgers wanted Randall Cobb on this team. He wanted Randall Cobb on his team. He wanted a receiver he can trust. Guess how many receptions Randall Cobb had Saturday night? None. Randall Cobb didn't have one reception in this game Saturday night. But the Packers organization, they traded for Randall Cobb because of Aaron Rodgers. They restructured Aaron Rodgers' contract to where if Aaron Rodgers wants to leave the Packers after this season, he will have that choice to do so. They structured his contract to where they didn't have the rights over Aaron Rodgers after this year. He could leave the Packers if he chose to do so. So I thought Brian Gutekus and Mark Murphy, they gave Aaron Rodgers everything that he requested. And you show up to Lambeau Field, Rodgers, and you couldn't even score more than 10 points in a home playoff game. And here's the kicker. As the game got later and the inclement weather started to have an impact on the game, you would have thought that it would have been an advantage for the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, but it was the complete opposite. It's like once the snow started falling, Aaron Rodgers, he missed receivers throughout the entire game. In the second half, he was awful. There was a play with a little over three minutes left in the game. 
This was after the 49ers had tied the game up when they got the block punt. Third and 11. You're the MVP. Arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. You're an all-time great. And that's what we're comparing Aaron Rodgers to. We're not comparing him to, you know, bums. We're comparing Aaron Rodgers to the all-time greats like Tom Brady, like Peyton Manning, like Terry Bradshaw, like Joe Montana, like Ben Roethlisberger, quarterbacks who have won multiple Super Bowls, Troy Aikman. You know, we're comparing him to all-time greats. Brett Favre, you got the ball. It's tied. 10-10, third and 11. Little over three minutes left to go in the game. And this was the play of the game. Rodgers drops back the pass. And on that particular play, the Packers offensive line, they had Rodgers protected on that play. He drops back the pass and throws a bomb to Devontae Adams. He, it was pretty much a, a prayer into double coverage. He had Alan Lazard on the end route. Alan Lazard catches that pass. Alan Lazard has the Packers in field goal range, and they would have been able to escape this meltdown that was taking place at Lambeau Field Saturday night. But for whatever reason, Aaron Rodgers decides to launch the ball to Devontae Adams into double coverage, and he misses Lazard on the end route. Completely misses Lazard. And just to, just to let everybody know, how Aaron Rodgers did not go through his progressions in this game and only threw the ball to Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. Let's talk about the targets in this game. Aaron Jones, he had 10 targets. Caught nine of them. Devontae Adams, he had 11 targets. Caught nine of them. Lazard in this game only had one target. Mercedes Lewis, one target. So it's safe to say that Aaron Rodgers played conservative, and he did not make the necessary plays for the Packers to win this game. I don't want to hear nothing about the special teams, you. Okay? Because you have to be able to overcome obstacles if you're an all-time great quarterback. I don't want to hear nothing about Matt LaFleur and Maurice Drayton. Aaron Rodgers was supposed to be able to overcome these obstacles and get the Packers back to the NFC Championship game for the third consecutive season. He did not get it done. And all of those people out there who believe that Aaron Rodgers folds in the playoffs, they have more credibility as we sit here today. They got more credibility because you have to be able to win this game. If you would have told me going into this game that the 49ers would not have scored an offensive touchdown, I would have told you the Packers would win this game by 21 points. 21 points. If you were to say Packers defense is going to hold the 49ers to no touchdowns and only six points, I would have said, oh, they're going to win this game then. They're going to win this game. And it did not happen because Aaron Rodgers came up small when the lights were at, at its brightest at Lambeau Field Saturday night. You have to be able to win this type of game. I can't keep defending this dude after the entire offseason that he had, all of the demands that he made from the Packers organization, everything he asked for, the organization gave it to him. And you come up small like this? And again, this is, this is the kicker. This was the fewest points allowed by a Packers defense in the Aaron Rodgers era. 
the fewest points allowed. So all those years when I've been complaining about the Packers defense in the postseason, this year when they decide to show up, Aaron Rodgers, you decide to have a terrible performance Saturday night. I was stunned watching this game end. I was completely stunned. All those years when I blamed the Packers defense and said they let Aaron Rodgers down, it was the exact opposite Saturday night. I don't want to hear Aaron Rodgers doesn't have enough weapons. Multiple plays where Alan Lazard was open. When you are an all-time great, you have to be able to overcome obstacles in playoff games. We saw Tom Brady go down 27-3 to the L.A. Rams. The L.A. Rams have a more talented team than the Bucs because of the Bucs injuries. No Chris Godwin, no Antonio Brown, and Tom Brady led the Tampa Bay Buccaneers all the way back from a 24-point deficit, and they were in a position to win that game Sunday afternoon in Tampa because of Tom Brady's greatness. That's what I need from Aaron Rodgers if you're going to be mentioned in the GOAT conversation. So that's one thing I want to get out of the way. I don't want to hear no more Aaron Rodgers is, you know, is the GOAT because he's not. And I'll stop saying it. And I have to be honest and admit he doesn't play well in big-time games. You know, when you look at his postseason stats, he got 45 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. He's completed 65% of his passes. So I know he has the second most touchdown passes of all time, but that can be misleading because a lot of times what happens is in these playoff games, Aaron Rodgers either, either has a great first half and a bad second half, or he has a bad first half and a good second half. It happened against the 49ers in the 2019 NFC Championship game. He was awful in the first half. In the second half, he scored 20 points. Devontae Adams had over 100 yards receiving, but that was misleading because you were down 27 to zero in the first half. So again, is he an all-time great? Absolutely. Is he one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game? Absolutely. I think he's the best quarterback in Packers history, but he came up small Saturday night and the Packers defense did their job. Now, I do want to talk about Matt LaFleur because I thought Matt LaFleur also played a part in the Packers losing this game. All season long, we saw the Packers struggle on special teams. And Matt LaFleur had an opportunity to fire Maurice Drayton earlier this season. He did not do it. And I thought it cost the Packers in this game. Watching the game in the fourth quarter, as bad as Aaron Rodgers was playing and as bad as the offense was, I said, we still have an opportunity to win this game. But I knew if the 49ers could make a play, one play, they were going to possibly be able to win the game because we were struggling so bad offensively. Lo and behold, it came on special teams. Came on special teams, the play of the game that changed the entire momentum. Changed the entire momentum because I don't believe that the 49ers were going to be able to score a touchdown. I really, really don't. Like in this game, I thought defensively, the Packers defense did great. They held the 49ers to only 106 rushing yards on the night. We've seen the 49ers have over 200 yards rushing multiple times this season. So I thought the Packers defense did a great job. And I didn't, I didn't think that the Niners offense was going to be able to have a game-time touchdown. I didn't think Jimmy G was going to be able to do it. I really, really didn't. We saw 
when Jimmy Garoppolo got down in the red zone right before the end of the f- first half. We saw Amos come away with the interception. So I didn't think the 49ers were going to be able to score a touchdown to tie this game up. So even though the Packers were struggling and they were up 10-3, I said, if we win this game 10-3, I'm okay with that. I won't have to hear from Bingo fans about how my Packers came up short. Block punt. And I'm thinking, wow, here we go again. What's crazy is because the 49ers are the Packers' Achilles heel in the playoffs, that's why that happened. I don't think that happens against any other team in the NFC. If that's the Rams, if that's the Bucks, <laughs> I, I, I mean, if, if that's, you know, the Eagles, I don't think that happens. It happened because the 49ers have Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers number in the playoffs. Something about this 49ers team, when they face off against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in the playoffs, the Packers lose every single time. And I remember back when Aaron Rodgers got drafted, he was talking about how the 49ers were going to pay because they didn't draft him in that draft. They selected Alex Smith instead of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers talking about how they're going to pay for not drafting me. Well, Aaron, they are 4-0 and against you in the postseason, and they've gotten to a Super Bowl without you. And they're in another in- NFC Championship game again. Clearly, the 49ers are just fine without Aaron Rodgers. They're just fine without Aaron Rodgers. Now, I know if you add Aaron Rodgers to the Niners with that elite defense, with those weapons, with Debo Samuel and George Kittle, they would be arguably the best team in the NFL and would probably win the Super Bowl, honestly. But they're doing just fine without you, Aaron. 4-0 against you in the postseason. But special teams was an issue for the Packers all season long. I'll say when it comes to percentage of blame, I'll give the special teams unit Maurice Drayton and also Matt LaFleur because he's the head coach. I'll give them 20% of the blame. Aaron Rodgers deserves 80%. 80% of this loss is on the shoulders of Aaron Rodgers. And then in the post-game press conference, Aaron Rodgers had the nerve, the audacity to talk about how I don't want to be here for a rebuild. Who the hell do you think you are? You don't want to be here for a rebuild. You're part of the reason why we haven't won the Super Bowl in 12 years. You don't want to be a part of a rebuild. You need to shut the hell up and tell Packer fans, hey, I came up small this year in the playoffs. I am here for the long run, and I'm going to bring another Super Bowl back to the city of Green Bay because Packer fans deserve it. Not, oh, I don't want to be here for a rebuild. I'm going to take some time to figure out what I'm going to do for the future. No, you need to be dedicated to the Packers organization and come back stronger next year because we know you're a great regular season quarterback. Come back next year and make amends for this terrible performance that you just put together in the division round of playoffs against the 49ers. That performance that you put on display was awful. We don't want to hear nothing about, I don't want to be here for a rebuild. You're supposed to be dedicated to Packer fans and let everyone know I'm here for the long run. I ain't going nowhere. I'm going to bring the Packers back next year, and we're going to get back to a Super Bowl. So, like I said, man, I'm disappointed in Aaron Rodgers. This is worst playoff performance of his career. And as a Packers fan, Saturday night, it was hard to sleep. It was hard for me to go to sleep. I, I couldn't sleep throughout the night. I tossed. I turned. And I thought, like, man, is it time to move on from Aaron Rodgers? If we aren't going to win Super Bowls, 
if we have to deal with him being so high maintenance, what's the point of having him around if he's not going to perform in the playoffs? What's the point of you being here? You are here to perform in the postseason. What's the point of you being here if you're not going to get us back to the Super Bowl? Trade Aaron Rodgers. Let's rebuild. And let's see what Jordan Love's got. I don't think Jordan Love is very good. I still think Jordan Love needs to learn. And right now, I would say the draft pick of Jordan Love, it was a bust. But I want to see some of these comments. Got my boy Jay Hustle on here. Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Famer, but he's not better than Brett Favre, Brady, or Peyton Manning. See, I'm pissed off with Aaron Rodgers right now. But I can only go so far. Aaron Rodgers is better than Brett Favre. Aaron, Brett Favre has broken my heart multiple years in the playoffs as a Packers fan. So I can't say that Brett Favre is better than Aaron Rodgers. I disagree. I believe Brett Favre threw too many interceptions when it mattered the most. Peyton Manning, I think Peyton Manning is better currently than Aaron Rodgers. I do believe Aaron Rodgers has an opportunity to pass Peyton Manning if he can win another Super Bowl. Because Manning has five MVPs and he got two Super Bowls. Rodgers has four MVPs because he's going to win this year. He has four NFL MVPs, one Super Bowl. If Rodgers wins another Super Bowl, that would be four MVPs and two Super Bowls. And he might win another MVP before his career is over. So I believe Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback in NFL history. And I think he's a better thrower of the football than Peyton Manning is. His accuracy, his arm strength is better than Peyton Manning's is. So I think if Aaron Rodgers wasn't on the Super Bowl, he'll be better than Peyton Manning at that point. But not right now. Not right now. Peyton Manning's better than, than Aaron Rodgers. And if Aaron Rodgers retires with only one Super Bowl, then he can't be in that Brady, Montana, Manning, Bradshaw conversation. He has to be a tier below. Because with his talent, you have to have more than one Super Bowl. You have to. More than one Super Bowl, you have to have it. And so before I move on to my next topic, because this is, again, I'm, I'm devastated. This is Aaron Rodgers with the first round by 2011. He was the number one seed. The Packers lost to the Giants in the divisional round. 2014, he was the second seed in the NFC against the Seattle Seahawks. They lost in the NFC Championship game. 2019, two seed against the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. They lost. 2020, one seed lost in the NFC Championship game to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then this year, one seed, you lose to the 49ers in the divisional round of the playoffs. So Aaron Rodgers came up small again. It seems like in order for the Packers to get back to the Super Bowl, Maybe Aaron Rodgers should be a wild card team. Maybe they need to be a wild card team and they'll have a more better chance to get back to the Super Bowl because right now it's not happening. It is not happening. Real quick before I move on to my next topic, I can't say enough about the job that Kyle Shanahan has done as head coach for the 49ers. I mean, this 49ers team has battled. They have earned the right to play in the NFC Championship game. There were multiple times this year where I thought the 49ers season was going to be over. The first eight games of the year, they started off three and five. I thought it was going to fall off the rails. I thought Jimmy G, you know, wasn't going to be able to perform at a high level to get them to the playoffs. And then they beat the Bengals late in the season, 26 to 23. And then you remember in week 18, Saints 
They were up on the Falcons. And coming into that game, if the 49ers lose to the Rams and the Saints beat the Falcons, the Saints would have made the playoffs and the Niners would have been eliminated. Saints, they were beating the Falcons 24-6 to at halftime in Atlanta. Halftime in L.A., 49ers, they were trailing the Rams 17-3. And I thought, wow, in order for the Niners to win this game, they're going to have to overcome a double-digit deficit. I can't see Jimmy G coming back from a 14-point deficit against Matthew Stafford and the L.A. Rams. They come back in that game. They tie it up at 17 apiece. So I'm thinking, okay, let's see what happens. And then Cooper Cup catches a touchdown pass late in the fourth quarter. Rams go up 24 to 17 over the, and I'm like, okay, Jimmy G's not going to lead the 49ers on a game time touchdown drive. He leads them on a game time touchdown drive in under a minute, under a minute, 88 yard game time touchdown drive. And I thought the 49ers season was going to be over before that. And so there were multiple times this year where I thought the 49ers season was going to be over. And all Kyle Shanahan has done is lead his 49ers back to the NFC Championship game with an opportunity to get back to the Super Bowl. He is an outstanding head coach. John Lynch, the general manager for the San Francisco 49ers, take a bow. Take a bow. They are doing all of this with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. And we know Jimmy Garoppolo is a below-average quarterback. Below-average quarterback. He's not very good. In this game, he only had 131 passing yards, 11 of 19. He did make some key throws on the last drive of the game for the 49ers. Threw a nice pass to Debo Samuel. I think George Kittle caught a pass as well. So I want to give credit to Garoppolo for making some key throws on the last drive. But for the most part, Jimmy G is a below-average quarterback. So what Kyle Shanahan is Shanahan has done with Jimmy G is amazing. It's amazing. Let's transition. And let's talk about the best game of the weekend. It was the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills at Arrowhead. The Chiefs beat the Bills 42 to 36 in overtime. The teams combined for 25 points in the last two minutes of regulation. That's an NFL playoff record. The Chiefs advanced to their fourth consecutive AFC championship. And they are the only team to host four straight home conference championship games. They were sensational in this game. Josh Allen was also sensational. He went 27 of 37, 329 passing yards, four touchdowns. Gabriel Johnson Davis, he had eight receptions for 104 receiving yards, four touchdowns. For the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, he went 33 of 44. He threw for 378 passing yards, three touchdowns. Tyreek Hill, 11 receptions, 150 receiving yards, one touchdown. So, first and foremost, watching this game, it was two of the best playoff performances from two quarterbacks I have ever seen. The way Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes were going at it in this game was amazing. And watching this game, I just kept thinking, whoever has the ball last is going to win this game. Because every single time Josh Allen made a play, you just thought Patrick Mahomes, he better come back and make a play. Every time Patrick Mahomes made a play and put his team in a position to win the game, you thought 
Josh Allen going to come back and make a play. I've seen Tom Brady and Peyton Manning face off against each other in the playoffs. I've seen Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan face off against each other in the postseason. I've seen Tom Brady in the Super Bowl against Matt Ryan face off against each other. I've seen Tom Brady play against Ben Roethlisberger in the playoffs as well. I have never seen two quarterbacks play an elite level of football the way that I saw Sunday evening in Kansas City. It was amazing. And so let's talk about Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes in the last two minutes of the fourth quarter and overtime. Josh Allen, he went five of seven, 102 passing yards, two touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes, he went 10 of 13, 188 passing yards, two touchdowns. Most points scored in the last two minutes of an NFL playoff game with 25. It was an amazing performance from both of these young quarterbacks. And so one of the things that I thought watching this game was if you're in the AFC, if you don't have a Josh Allen, a Patrick Mahomes, a Joe Burrow, a Lamar Jackson, or Justin Herbert, you have no chance at being able to compete in the AFC. No chance. So for those Miami Dolphins fans, New England Patriots fans, you know, Cleveland Browns fans, if you don't have a dude at quarterback like the Bills, like the Chiefs, like the Ravens, like the Chargers, and like the Bengals, you have no chance at being able to win the AFC because you have to compete with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes playing some of their best football of the season. Both players over 300 passing yards. Both players with three touchdowns or more in this game. Both players performing at a high level when the stakes were at its highest. The lights were at its brightest in this battle at Arrowhead and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. They both made every single throw they had to make in this game. I have never seen two quarterbacks play elite football back to back like I saw with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes Sunday evening in Arrowhead. It was amazing to watch. And again, those quarterbacks that I just named, I'm going to name them one more time. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. If you don't have any of those quarterbacks, you have no chance in hell at being able to win the AFC. It's not happening. It is not happening. So I thought, you know, they were absolutely sensational in this game. But I believe the Buffalo Bills dropped the ball in this game. And defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier and head coach Sean McDermott, somebody has to answer for why the Kansas City Chiefs were able to get in position for a game-time field goal with 13 seconds. I need an answer from Leslie Frazier or Sean McDermott. Someone on that plane ride home would have had to give me an answer if I'm the Bills owner. I would have asked them, what the hell were you thinking when they got the ball back with 13 seconds left? 13 seconds left, and you allow Patrick Mahomes to put the Kansas City Chiefs in a position to tie the game up? Are you kidding me? What is going on? 
Like, I, I just couldn't understand for the life of me what happened because the Buffalo Bills, they have the number one ranked defense against the pass in the NFL. The number one ranked defense in the NFL, and they could not stop Patrick Mahomes on this game-time drive. They couldn't do it. He goes 44 yards in three plays in 13 seconds. 13 seconds, 44 yards in three plays. Someone has to answer as to what happened. Somebody, Leslie Frazier, Sean McDermott, someone has to answer. I don't understand for the life of me what they were thinking. I know it's dangerous to blitz Patrick Mahomes in that moment because if Tyreek Hill gets loose, he's scoring a touchdown. We saw earlier in the game, Tyreek Hill, he scored a touchdown on a 64-yard touchdown pass from Patrick Mahomes. So we saw earlier in the game where Tyreek Hill got loose, and if you don't have the right angle on Tyreek Hill, he can get loose for a 60-yard catch and run. Same with Jamar Chase. They can get loose in the open field. They are that dynamic in the open field. But in that moment, you know that the Kansas City Chiefs are trying to get in field goal range. You cannot allow them to tie the game up with only 13 seconds left on the clock. 13 seconds? Are you kidding me? You know they had two timeouts. They had two timeouts. So in that moment, you have to force them to use their timeouts. They did. They used both of their timeouts on that drive. But you allow on that drive for Tyreek Hill to get loose for a, a 19-yard completion. And then you allow Travis Kelsey to catch a pass for 25 yards. You know they're looking for Tyreek Hill. So if you had to double Tyreek Hill and, you know, try to contain Travis Kelsey in that moment, I would have said someone else has to beat me. Someone else has to beat me. It can't be Tyreek Hill and it can't be Travis Kelsey. They allowed it to happen. And so I got to get, I got to put some of this blame for this loss on the Buffalo Bills. They, they came up short in this game because they have the, number one ranked defense in the NFL in total yards given up per game and total passing yards given up per game. Every major statistical category, the Buffalo Bills are ranked number one in. They rank number one in total yards given up. They rank number one in passing yards given up. They rank number one in points given up per game. They ranked number one on third down percentages in the NFL. And they couldn't stop Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs from tying this game up. So, they should be ashamed to show their faces in the city of Buffalo today. Seriously. I mean, they got great players defensively, like Micah Hyde, like Poyer. And you remember in the post-game press conference, Hyde and Poyer, after they got beat against the Patriots earlier this year, when the Patriots had over 200 rushing yards in that game, they come to the post-game press conference and they got offended when the reporter asked them, why couldn't you guys stop the run? They should be disappointed because they were the reason why Josh Allen wasn't able to win this game. You cannot waste this type of performance from Josh Allen. This was a performance for the ages from Josh Allen, and it got completely wasted because of this Bills defense. They should be embarrassed. They should be ashamed to show their faces in the city of Buffalo the entire offseason, because if it wasn't for them, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills would be on their way to the AFC Championship game and hosting the AFC Championship against the Cincinnati Bengals next week. I mean, it 
was completely awful. Now, on the flip side, Tyron Matthew, he got injured in the first quarter. So I understood why the Chiefs were struggling to stop the Bills offensively. I mean, they had no answers for Gabriel Davis. This He had the game of his life. Gabriel Davis, eight receptions, 201 receiving yards, four touchdowns. He was dominant in this game, and he made every single play in the passing game for the Bills that Josh Allen needed him to make. Every time Josh Allen needed a play to be made, Gabriel Davis made that play for the Buffalo Bills offensively. But, you know, for the Chiefs defense to hold Stephon Diggs to only three receptions for seven receiving yards, that was impressive. But, again, I knew they were going to struggle once Tyron Matthew went out early in the first quarter. So I give them a pass for struggling defensively. And, again, Josh Allen's big time. He's one of the best young quarterbacks we have in the NFL. But I think the Buffalo Bills defense has to, to look themselves in the mirror. And they deserve a lot of the reason why the Bills came up short in this game. They came up short because of that Bills defense. So, you know, I believe that Josh Allen has elevated himself to be in that same conversation with Patrick Mahomes. I think Joe Burrow has done the exact same thing. I think, you know, heading into this year, I talked about how there was Patrick Mahomes and everyone else when it comes to young quarterbacks. I think Josh Allen deserves to be in that conversation now. I really, really do. I thought he was impressive in this playoff run for the Buffalo Bills. Seriously, he was impressive. I mean, against the New England Patriots, for him to put up 47 points for the Buffalo Bills, he was great in that game. In this game, Josh Allen had 313 total passing yards. The Bills offense had 422 total yards on the, you know, afternoon. So I thought Josh Allen did everything he could. I thought he did everything he could in this, in this game, but the Chiefs prevailed. I want to talk about the five quarterbacks that I mentioned earlier and rank them in order. So we got Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to rank these quarterbacks five to one on who I believe are the best. I know Bengals fans aren't going to be happy with, with this, but I'm taking Joe Burrow at number five. I, I'm going to say Joe Burrow at number five. Joey B has been sensational this year. He got 34 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. He's completed 70% of his passes, which is a league's best in the NFL. And I know everyone's like, why are you putting Joey B at number five? when Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert didn't even make the playoffs. Lamar Jackson already won an NFL MVP. He hasn't had the postseason success that Joe Burrow has had because Joe Burrow in his first year in the playoffs, he's already led the Bengals to the AFC Championship game. But Lamar Jackson has won an NFL MVP. And I think that year he had like 36 touchdowns, six interceptions. He broke the rushing yards record previously held by Michael Vick. Lamar Jackson is big time. This year he helped, dealt with a lot of injuries, but I still believe in Lamar Jackson. So I got Joey B at number five. At number four, I have Justin Herbert. I'm taking Justin Herbert over Joe Burrow right now. Right now, I think Justin Herbert has more arm strength than Joe Burrow. I think Justin Herbert is more athletic than Joe Burrow is. And then when I saw these two quarterbacks go up against each other this year, I saw Justin Herbert outplay 
Joe Burrow. It was only one game at Paul Brown Stadium. The Chargers beat the Bengals 41 to 22 in that game. I think Burrow had like two interceptions in that game, if I'm not mistaken. And I thought Justin Herbert outperformed Joe Burrow that day. I'm not going to hold it against Justin Herbert that he didn't make the playoffs this year. I thought that Chargers defense was the reason why the Chargers didn't make the playoffs, not because of Justin Herbert. I thought Justin Herbert this year did what was necessary for the Chargers to be in the postseason. I mean, this year, Herbert, he had 38 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. He completed 66% of his passes, had over 5,000 passing yards. So I think Justin Herbert is better than Joe Burrow. Doesn't mean Joe Burrow's not going to have a great career, Bengal fans. He's going to have a great career. He's going to win a Super Bowl at some point in his career. But right now, I'm taking Justin Herbert over Joe Burrow. And, you know, remember also in his rookie year, Herbert dealing with a terrible offensive line, 31 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. He had 4,336 total yards in his rookie season. I know Burrow, you know, got injured in his rookie year. I just think Justin Herbert has more physical gifts than Joe Burrow. Now, my third quarterback who I'm taking is Lamar Jackson. And the reason why I'm taking Lamar Jackson over Justin Herbert and Joey, and Joey B is because Lamar Jackson, he won an NFL MVP. He hasn't had the postseason success that Joe Burrow has had in his career so far. As a matter of fact, Lamar Jackson has struggled in the postseason. It's something to be said for your resume. And I think Lamar Jackson has a better resume right now than Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. Now, it's going to be important for Lamar Jackson to play well next year because if Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow outperform Lamar Jackson, then they will be at the top of my list when it comes to top five young quarterbacks in the AFC and in the NFL. But right now, I'm taking Lamar Jackson over Herbert and Burrow because of his resume. Not this past, this past year, Herbert and Burrow had better seasons than Jackson, but because of his resume and because he won NFL MVP, I got to put Lamar ahead of Herbert and Burrow. Number two, Josh Allen. Josh Allen has done enough for me to be number two on my top five quarterbacks list in the AFC. He performed at an all-time high level this year in the postseason. He really, really did. And I, and I said that this was going to be an important playoff run for Josh Allen. Because in previous years in the playoffs, I thought Josh Allen got a little rattled and didn't perform well. This year, it was the opposite. I thought he was sensational this year for the Buffalo Bills. This year in the postseason, Josh Allen, nine touchdowns, zero interceptions. He completed 77 percent of his passes for 637 passing yards that's two playoff games against an elite Patriots defense and the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead that's what Josh Allen did this year in the postseason he deserves to be at number two on my list but number one obviously is Patrick Mahomes Patrick Mahomes has led his team to another AFC championship game death taxes and the Chiefs being in the AFC championship are things you can depend on 
in the NFL and overall in life because Patrick Mahomes already won an NFL MVP. He already won a Super Bowl MVP. And this year, Patrick Mahomes, even though he wasn't an NFL MVP candidate like Brady and like Rodgers, I still thought Patrick Mahomes performed well. 37 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, close to 5,000 passing yards for the season. Again, you know, we remember he had in his MVP season, 50 touchdown passes. He was absolutely sensational in his MVP season. And going into the Super Bowl in the fourth quarter against an elite 49ers defense, Patrick Mahomes brought the Chiefs back from a double-digit deficit. And the Chiefs were able to overcome the 49ers because of Patrick Mahomes. So I think, you know, that Joy B as number five, Justin Herbert at number four, Lamar Jackson at number three, Josh Allen at number two, and Mahomes at number one. But again, before this year, I was saying it's Patrick Mahomes and everyone else. That's no longer the case. That's no longer the case. All five of these quarterbacks are quarterbacks I believe you can win a Super Bowl with. All five of them. Everybody, remember, go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys. No sports. Let's transition and let's talk about the Cincinnati Bengals punching their ticket to the AFC Championship game. The Bengals beat the Tennessee Titans 19 to 16. It's the Bengals' first road playoff win in franchise history. They entered the game 0 and 7 on the road in the playoffs for the Bengals. Joe Burrow, he went 28 of 37. He threw for 348 passing yards. One interception, he was sacked nine times for the Tennessee Titans. Ryan Tannehill, he went 15 of 24. He threw for 220 passing yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. So my biggest takeaway in this game is how great Joe Burrow is. In this game, the Tennessee Titans, they sacked Joe Burrow nine times. I have never seen a quarterback be able to win a football game and he gets sacked nine times. Joe Burrow, he did not flinch in a pocket. He didn't run away and and, and get, you know, flinchy and, and, and careless with the football because we've seen proven all-time great quarterbacks. When they get sacked two or three times, you see them tiptoe in the pocket, and they are passive, not aggressive. Joe Burrow was the exact opposite. The exact opposite in this game, even though he was getting completely killed in this game, getting sacked nine times, you saw Joe Burrow make the necessary throws for the Bengals to be able to win this game. 348 yards passing in this game, even though he was sacked nine times, it shows you his toughness. It shows you that no matter the circumstances, Joe Burrow always stays calm. He is literally. Joe Smooth, because I've seen Aaron Rodgers, I've seen Peyton Manning, I've seen Tom Brady, I've, I've even seen Patrick Mahomes. When opposing teams are pressuring them, they get skittish in the pocket, they are passive, not aggressive, they tiptoe in the pocket, and they flinch a lot. Joe Burrow didn't flinch one time Saturday afternoon in Tennessee. Not one time did Joe Burrow flinch. The Bengals offensive line, they were awful in this game. They were awful. And I don't remember a time in the NFL 
where a quarterback has been sacked nine times and been able to overcome being sacked those many times. Can somebody somebody let me know? Maybe it's something I'm missing out or something I forgot or or something that happened in the, in previous years that happened. I can't remember that ever happened, ever. The Tennessee Titans, their defense, they did their job in this game because they held the Bengals to only 19 points in this game. Only 19 points, and the Bengals only had one touchdown this game. One touchdown. So, you know, being able to hold this high-powered Bengals offense to only 19 points and only giving up, you know, 65 rushing yards, Joe Mixon, he he wasn't a factor in this game. That's because the Titans defense, they did outstanding in this game. They played outstanding. And they got to be disappointed because they did their job. They did their job in this game. And they held the Bengals to what? They went Bengals went 7 of 15 on third down. 65 rushing yards on the afternoon, so the Bengals had to rely on Joe Burrow and the offensive line was awful. They were awful, but Joe Burrow, he was still able to get the ball to his weapons. Jamar Chase, five receptions, 109 receiving yards. T. Higgins, seven receptions, 96 receiving yards. So I thought Joe Burrow showed toughness, being able to sit in that pocket, but I thought the Titans defense also played elite football. Holding this Bengals offense to only one touchdown on the afternoon is a great performance by this Titans defense. They have nothing to be ashamed of. Mike Vrabel and the Titans organization, they need to be asking themselves, can we win a Super Bowl with Ryan Tannehill? Because three interceptions is unacceptable. Unacceptable if you're Ryan Tannehill. We know how elite of a running back Derrick Henry is. In this game, though, Derrick Henry, the Bengals defense, to their credit, they held him in check. Derrick Henry, 20 carries, 62 rushing yards, only one touchdown. Ryan Tannehill had the game in his hands. And then on the last drive, when the Bengals got the interception, which was a key play in this game, a, a biggest play in Bengals history, the Logan Wilson interception on the last possession for the Titans, biggest play in Bengals franchise history. Ryan Tannehill had an opportunity to lead the Titans down for a game-winning field goal, and he throws a slant and overthrows the, the, the player, Bengals tip it up in the air, and it's interception. Game over. Like, he was awful in this game. So I know in this game, A.J. Brown, he had, you know, five receptions, 142 receiving yards, one touchdown. But for the most part, Ryan Tannehill was awful. He had one of the worst performances of the weekend. Three interceptions? Are you kidding me? And I think, again, Tennessee, they need to be asking themselves, can we win a Super Bowl with this dude? If you don't have Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, it's going to be hard to win a Super Bowl in the AFC. It's going to be hard. I'm not sure the Tennessee Titans can get over that hump and get to the Super Bowl. We ain't going to mention winning a Super Bowl. Get to the Super Bowl with Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback. So if I'm the Tennessee Titans organization, I'm seriously considering drafting a quarterback this year in a draft. You can't have your quarterback turn the ball over three times. You can't have it. You can't have it if you expect results in the postseason. It cannot happen. But I want to give the Bengals a lot of credit because we've seen the Bengals all season long perform at a high level offensively and score 
35 points against the Chiefs. You know, we saw them earlier this year completely dominate the Baltimore Ravens earlier this year as well. They put up 41 points against the Ravens, you know, against the, the Steelers earlier this year. They put up 41 points. We've seen the Bengals offense put up a lot of points. So for the Bengals to be able to win this type of game shows you the Bengals can win games in multiple ways. That's how you know if you're a true Super Bowl contender or not. You can't just be one-dimensional and win games one way. You have to be able to win football games, being able to win playing multiple brands of football. You can't just rely on your quarterback to throw for over 400 yards and put up 30 points per game in the playoffs. You have to be able to win these type of games. I'm going to tell you what this game reminded me of. This game reminded me of the Bengals in week 15 when they beat the Denver Broncos 15 to 10 at Mile High Stadium out in Denver. In that game, the Bengals offensively, they struggled. They only had 249 total yards on the afternoon. This was the same type of game. So I'm impressed with the Bengals because they've been able to win different types of games. That's impressive. That's very, very impressive. I can't say enough about the job that Zach Taylor has done as head coach for the Cincinnati Bengals team. And being here in Cincinnati, no other team deserves to be in this moment playing in the AFC Championship more than the Cincinnati Bengals. I am excited for the city of Cincinnati. I'm done hating Bengals fans. The Bengals are better than my Packers this year. They are a better overall football team and my Packers this year, even though my Packers did beat the Bengals in week five at Paul Brown, but we ain't going to get into that. We ain't going to get into that. They went farther in the playoffs than my Packers did. I'm going to allow the Bengals to have their moment. And I think it's important for the Bengals to, un to, to have this mentality. And I think Joe Burrow has this mentality. You heard after the Bengals beat the Raiders in a wild card game, you heard Joe Burrow talk about how this is the expectation moving forward. You know, I know the fans are celebrating us winning our first playoff game in 30 years, but this is going to be the standard moving forward. The Bengals are supposed to be here. They are supposed to be in the AFC championship game against the Kansas City Chiefs playing for the right to punch their ticket to go to the Super Bowl and play in Los Angeles. They are supposed to be here. And I think it's important for the Bengals to play like that Sunday afternoon in Kansas City. Play like you're supposed to be here. Don't, you know, play like an underdog. Play like you're supposed to be here. Play like this is the expectation now here in Cincinnati. Because when you have a quarterback like Joe Burrow, who is leading this Bengals team, Bengals are a team that's going to be competing for Super Bowls for the next 15 years. The next 15 years, the Bengals will be in the Super Bowl contender conversation. So, again, I was impressed at not only at the fact that the Bengals won this game, but how they won this game. So i got to give a lot of credit to Zach Taylor and his coaching staff. Shout out to Zach Taylor and his football team. Shout out to Mike Brown and the city of Cincinnati for being able to win this game and get back to an AFC championship game. They deserve it. They deserve it. Definitely deserve it. And also, I like, I like their, their kicker, McPherson. Joe Burrow, in the post-game press conference, he talked about how when Joe Burrow he got the Bengals, you know, in field goal range to kick the 52-yard field goal. When he went to the sideline, McPherson, he told Burrow, he said, well, I guess we're going to the AFC Championship game. So shout out to Evan McPherson 
He's 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 been a clutch kicker all year long for the Cincinnati Bengals. And when I saw that field goal kick, you know, go through the uprights and it was good. And I saw those Bengal fans celebrate where I was at. It was amazing to see. It was amazing to see. And the city was excited and the city deserves it. Everybody remember going to follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Let's transition and let's talk about the other NFC divisional round battle between the Rams and the Bucks. The Rams beat the Bucks 30 to 27. It is the Rams' second NFC championship appearance in the last four seasons. They had two previous appearances in the 27s prior. 27 seasons prior from 1990 to 2016 for the LA Rams Stafford completed a 44 yard completion to Cooper cup to set up the game winning field goal by Matt Gay. It's the longest play in the final minute of a playoff game since the Minneapolis miracle. That was when case Keenum hit Stefan Diggs for a 61 yard touchdown reception when the Vikings were playing against the Saints in the division around the playoffs in this game, the Bucks they made an effort to come back from a 24-point deficit. And I want to start off with Matthew Stafford in this game. He went 28 of 38. He threw for 366 passing yards, two touchdowns. Cooper Cup had nine receptions, 183 receiving yards, one touchdown. Tom Brady went 30 of 54. 329 passing yards, one touchdown, one interceptions. So Matthew Stafford, he has the most game-winning drives in the fourth quarter and overtime since 2009. He got 43 game-winning drives in the fourth quarter and in overtime. This includes the playoffs since 2019. He got more game-winning drives than Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, and Ben Roethlisberger. His first season in the NFL was 2009. So We've seen Matthew Stafford time and time again make plays for the Rams this year when he needed to. And so I want to give a lot of credit to Matthew Stafford because I thought once Tom Brady tied the game up at 27 apiece, I thought, here we go, Matthew. All the pressure is on Matthew Stafford and the L.A. Rams in this moment because we saw in the offseason, Sean McVay, he traded Jared Goff. He said, I have went as far as I can go with Jared Goff as my quarterback. So Matthew Stafford is my guy moving forward. And we saw all the moves that the Rams have made throughout the season. We saw the Rams sign Odell Beckham in free agency. We saw the Rams trade for Von Miller. We know defensively they have two of the best defensive players in the NFL, in Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. Offensively, you got a top five receiver in Cooper Cup. You got, you know, Jefferson at receiver. You got Higby at tight end. Cam Akers, he returned back from an Achilles injury that he suffered earlier this year. So they got weapons all over the field. And again, at one point in this game, the rounds were up 27 to three on the Bucks. So on that last drive, when the rounds got the ball back, I was thinking, is Matthew Stafford going to choke? Is Matthew Stafford going to blow this game and allow Tom Brady to overcome a 24-point deficit and allow the Bucs 
to advance to the NFC Championship game when you have the better team? Matthew Stafford has the better team because the Bucs have so many injuries. Chris Godwin out. You know, Antonio Brown no longer with the team. They got injuries all over this Buccaneers team. The Rams had the better team heading into this matchup. And I'm thinking Matthew Stafford cannot let this happen. He cannot allow Tom Brady and the Buccaneers to come back and win this game. Because you know, if Tom Brady would have gotten the ball back in overtime, let's just, let's, let's just for the sake of this conversation, let's assume the Bucs stopped the Rams. Game goes to overtime. If the Bucs got the ball back and won the coin toss, you know Tom Brady was going to lead the Buccaneers down the field for a touchdown and win this game in overtime. Score would have been 33 to 27 instead of 30 to 27 Rams. It would have been 33 to 27 Buccaneers. So all the pressure was on Matthew Stafford on his last drive. All the pressure. And on that drive, it was a five-play, 63-yard drive for the Rams that got them in field goal range for Matt Gay to kick off the game-winning field goal. But the key play on that drive that everyone's talking about is Matthew Stafford's completion to Cooper Cup for 44 yards. I don't know what the Buccaneers' defense was thinking on that play. Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he's a great defensive coordinator. He deserves a head coaching job, in my opinion. I don't. I didn't think he got a fair shot when he was with the Jets. We know how awful that Jets organization is, and how awful that team has been. I don't believe Bowles got a great opportunity to succeed when he was in New York. So I think Bowles deserves a head coaching opportunity. I don't know why Bowles would call a zero blitz at that moment in the game. Why would you call a zero blitz? Because you know if Cooper Cup or Odell Beckham gets loose, it's a good chance the Rams would get into field goal range. And that's exactly what happened on this 44-yard completion with Stafford to Cup. And Devin White and Levante David, they already came out and they said there was some miscommunication between the players and Ty Bowles on the play call. And so I thought that was the biggest play in Matthew Stafford's career. That 44-yard completion to Cooper Cup, again, the longest play in the final minute of a playoff game since the Minneapolis Miracle. That was the biggest play of Matthew Stafford's career. I can't say enough about the job that Matthew Stafford did in this game. I thought he had the Rams offense playing at a high level in this game. The Rams, they had 428 total yards of offense. And it, it ain't like in this game, the Rams had a great running game. They only had 73 rushing yards on the afternoon. And Cam Makers, he did everything he could to give this game to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Cam Makers had two crucial fumbles in this game, two crucial fumbles. You cannot have that happen if you're trying to win a playoff game. And Matthew Stafford was able to overcome those two fumbles by Cam Akers. He did great. And, in, in, I mean, in the second half, Tom Brady scored 24 points in the second half. And watching the game, you had a feeling Tom Brady was going to come back. I was just thinking, once Tom Brady makes his comeback, is 
is Matthew Stafford going to be able to overcome the obstacles in this game and make the plays necessary for the Rams to be able to win this game? He was able to do that. He was able to do that. And shout out to the L.A. Rams because they had the most pressure more than any other team heading into the postseason. I thought the Packers and the Rams were the two teams who had the most pressure to get back to the Super Bowl more than any other team in the NFL, more than any other team. All the moves the Rams have made, I thought they had the most pressure to get back to the Super Bowl. And so for them to have this type of performance when Tom Brady is going crazy in the second half and have that game-winning field goal, that drive was probably the, the biggest drive in Rams playoff history. Seriously, the biggest drive in playoff history and since the Rams been a play a, a team that was the biggest drive I've ever seen great drive so you know I thought the Bucks you know they they dealt with a lot of injuries going into this game but I thought this was more about Stafford's dominance than the Bucks injuries I, I I can't take away from the performance that Matthew Stafford had we saw all those years in Detroit the Lions fans they said that Stafford was just a stat patter and he's not the kind of quarterback who can lead you on a deep playoff run and win you a Super Bowl. Well, Matthew Stafford stepped up in this moment in this game and played at a high level. But I also thought Tom Brady played great in this game. I mean, Tom Brady in this game, being down 24, no Chris Godwin, no Antonio Brown, you know, Mike Evans in this game, he not having, you know, he had a pretty good game, eight receptions, 119 receiving yards, one touchdown. But I thought for the most part, Jalen Ramsey kept him in check. So I, I'm going to give Mike Evans some credit because he played well in this game. And the touchdown throw that Brady threw to Evans was big time. I thought given all of the weapons that Tom Brady had missing in this game, for him to have the Bucs in a position to win this game late in the fourth quarter shows you he is the true GOAT. And – that leads me to the next thing I want to talk about. They're talking about whether or not Tom Brady should retire. Let's talk about Tom Brady's numbers this year. His completion percentage is 68%. That's ranked ninth in the NFL. His passing yards, 5,316 total passing yards. That's ranked first in the NFL. He got 43 touchdown passes. That's ranked first in the NFL. He got only 12 interceptions. That's ranked 16th in the NFL. His QBR is ranked second in the NFL with a 68.4 QBR. And those passing yards, 5,316 total passing yards, that's a career high for his entire career. So everyone's talking about whether or not Tom Brady is going to retire. And we saw him have a quote where he said, this is Tom Brady. It pains Giselle to see me get hit out there. And she deserves what she needs from me as a husband. And my kids deserve what they need from me as a dad. You think you're gonna live forever, we're not. We think we're gonna play forever, we're not. That was Tom Brady when he was talking to, with Jim Gray about retirement. I will guarantee you with all the money in my account that Tom Brady's not retired. And I think he's not gonna retire. The, the main reason why I believe he's not gonna retire is because of how this game went. Had the Buccaneers had all 
of their weapons in this game and they got beat by a Rams team, I don't think Brady would have came back because he would have said, hey, we, don't, we, we had all of our weapons in this game. We weren't able to overcome the Rams. They were the better team. But because this game went the way that it did and the Bucs had an opportunity to steal this game from the Rams in the fourth quarter, I think Tom Brady still has some things left that he wants to fix. And he got some unfinished business that he wants to take care of heading into next year. So I can see Tom Brady coming back for another season with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I can't see Tom Brady retiring like this. I, I just can't. I, I think Tom Brady loves football too much. And I also believe that Tom Brady deserves a, a, a last year celebration. He deserves to be celebrated like an all-time great deserves to go out. Like, I think it would be great for the NFL if Tom Brady, you know, announces this, this is going to be my last year and has a going away party. Kind of like how Kobe Bryant had a retirement ceremony in his last year. Tom Brady deserves that type of retirement ceremony in his last year playing quarterback in the NFL. So I think he deserves to go out on top, and I think he deserves to also have a retirement ceremony in his last season playing football in the NFL. And I think he also has unfinished business because the Buccaneers were so close to stealing this game away from the Rams. I think Tom Brady wants to see how the Buccaneers look heading into next year and if they can bring some of these players back on their team. You remember, you remember this year they brought back all 22 starters from their Super Bowl team last year. So I think Tom Brady has some unfinished business and I am willing to put up a bet that Tom Brady doesn't retire. Who want to bet me? Someone out there, let me know. Everybody remember going to follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H, also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Make sure to follow Wise Guys Instagram with these guys, no sports. Great show. I'm going to come back on here either Thursday or Friday and preview the AFC Championship game between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm also going to preview the NFC Championship game between the San Francisco 49ers and the L.A. Rams, another battle between the Niners and the Rams, an NFC West battle in L.A. It's amazing. The Rams, <laughs> they're going to get an opportunity to host the NFC Championship game, and if they win the NFC Championship game, they're going to host the Super Bowl. I don't remember that ever happening in the history of the NFL. A team hosts the championship game and they host the Super Bowl. I've never seen that happen before. So it's going to be amazing if the Rams can beat the Niners and get to the Super Bowl and host the championship game and the Super Bowl at home. But I'm going to bring come back on on the Worldwide Sports Network and talk about those games. Great show. I am still excited to be a part of the Worldwide Sports Network. It's NFL Championship Weekend. I'm done talking about these teams that got eliminated. I'm done talking about the Packers. It's all about the Bengals. It's all about the Chiefs, Rams, and Niners the rest of the season. So enjoy your night. Tracy Larkins, Chris Mitchell. Tracy Larkins, Chris Mitchell. These guys know sports. West Guys.
You're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. 